The following podcast is presented by Ensign Services, Inc., a company engaged in the business of providing contracted for administrative and back office type support services to post-acute healthcare clients. Ensign Services provides accounting, human resources, compliance, legal, risk management, information technology, training, construction support, and other such miscellaneous services to its clients. These contracted for services are available to be utilized at the sole discretion of its clients. References within the podcast to the company and its activities, as well as the use of the terms we, us, its, our, and similar terms used during the discussion are not meant to imply that Ensign Services, Inc. or the Ensign Group, Inc. has any direct operational control, supervision, or direction of the independently operated post-acute healthcare entities. Well, uh, welcome everybody. This is Ryan Rushton, and I'm sitting here today again with uh, Clayton Christensen. Um, six feet apart. Six feet apart, of course, because we're we're do- practicing proper social distancing. Yeah. Um, so, Clay, uh, you have a lot to do with recruiting our new leaders um, and making sure that we're hiring the right people. Um, so, what is it that you look for when you're trying to find out if these people are right for for the organization or not? Yeah, honestly, I don't know. <laughs> I, <laughs> that is not I, the start I was I expecting. Know, I know. I'm I, sure I, Vanessa it, has a good. good it is a hard. I know, Vanessa. Why don't you just come in? I, I honestly, um, I think this is one of the hardest things to figure out because I think one of the biggest mistakes we make and a lot of organizations make uh, is that. We hire people that just happen to be really good at interviewing, and 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 we don't hire people that aren't, and that's probably not smart. I mean, I, I I'm often surprised by certain people that succeed, and I'm mm. often surprised by people that don't succeed. Well, they mm. did so well in the interview. What yeah. happened? And I and it gets it, you know you get to the point where you almost lose confidence in trying to figure out what you're what you're trying to find. Makes sense. So to counter this, we started doing some things like behavioral and cognitive assessments, mm. and and we do fake cluster debates, and and even scoring people in different areas that that we think are are essential to be a good leader with us, so are, but are it's you, hard. Yeah, no, it, it sounds like it would yeah. be hard to do something like that. Are, are you willing to share what you score them on and, and how you determine those things? Yeah, you know, it's interesting. We came up with uh, with these four things, and one of them we've discussed at length in, in previous podcasts, and that's a sense of ownership. I I want to know what kind of owner they're likely to be, and are they, are they coming to work as an employee or... Or do they want to come to work as a partner? Mm-hmm. And I'm looking for somebody that wants to be a partner. But but we've already talked about that in in uh, you know in a couple of different podcasts. We we did ownership and then the uh, extra caffeinated version, uh, <laughs> extreme ownership. And and so you can look at look at each of those podcasts and and I'll, I'll set ownership aside. Okay. The other three things that we look at. Um, that that I felt were essential to gauge are our personal humility grit and social intelligence and and what's interesting um you know i want to dive into those three but at the time i hadn't read patrick lencioni's book uh called the ideal team player and and when i went through that i noticed that to be an ideal team player he says humble Mm -hmm. so that matches up with our personal humility he says hungry which i think matches pretty well with our grit Mm -hmm. and then he says smart which is kind of matches with our, our social intelligence, right, what right. we were looking for. So nice to see that we were kind of on the right track, or at least uh, according to Patrick Lencioni. And I, I felt like, um, you know, we could take his expertise and kind of dig into these things more in hopes that for a couple of things. One, 
that we might f- be able to figure out what we're looking for in our leaders, mm-hmm. those that are hum- hum- excuse me, humble, hungry, and smart, right. and then also um, how we ourselves can be more successful. So, so there's what are we looking for, and then sort of the the self analysis of of how we can make ourselves more successful. Okay, it, wh- why do you think that those three characteristics in particular are so important? Um, I mean, the goal is to be successful. So why would those in particular lead to someone having more success? You know, I think I think just in life in general, we need to drastically change how we prepare people for success. And in whatever job they're in, or frankly, even if it's not a job, in school and in so many other things, the first thing we need to realize is kind of a corny concept, but or a cliche, but but life is a team sport, mm-hmm. right? Um my dad was always always pointing out, he said, you know, no one person can get us to the moon, right? right? If you think about it, no, well, no sure. one person has the expertise to get us to the moon. Everybody right. has to play their part, and we have to be able to, to work together, and, and how we work together is what matters most. And, and just as a plug for one of our past podcasts is, you know, our, our podcast, I can't remember what we called it, uh, Dream Teams or Cognitive Diversity. I think I think we call it Cognitive Diversity, but, familiar, yeah. but we talk all about... Um, you know, how, how in teamwork, teams often create slack mm-hmm. unless we're really good at teams. And then if we're really good at teams, teams create synergies. And so, you know, again, life is a team sport. It's not just about us. It's, it's how we relate to that team effectively. And, and honestly, sometimes we hate that. Mm-hmm. We, we, I, I don't know how you were in school mm-hmm. when, when your teacher said, okay, you're going to have a group project. Yeah, the groan comes out. Okay, or, or or if you're in a training and and somebody says, "Okay, you're going to break into groups." Yeah. Okay, yeah, no, uh, yeah. You, are you kind of <laughs> sensing that? Sensing you you that, yeah. get that feeling of oh, because because in reality, I mean, you think back to school, mm-hmm. you got broken into the group projects, and your grade was largely determined by who you it's were able very, to get on your team. Very, absolutely right? true. Absolutely but that's true. still true today. Yeah. I mean, our grades, how we perform really has so much to do with who we're able to pull onto our teams. So, so let's start by just sort of picturing these three concentric circles, these, okay. these three circles that overlap with humble, hungry, and smart in each circle, if okay. you can kind of picture that. And the ideal team player must have all three, one or two alone won't cut it because lacking one can throw out you know, the entire value of that ideal team player. You must be humble, hungry, and smart. Okay, that's that's awesome. Hum- humble, hungry, and smart. That's the three um, things. So which of those do you want to tackle first? Um, should we go in order and just start with personal humility? Um, why is that one so important? And how do you gauge if someone is truly humble? Yeah, you know, I, I get asked this all the time in, in my position and seeing the leaders that interview and those that come in and are successful and those that aren't. And I'm asked to gauge, you know, what if if you could just pick one thing. And I, my answer tends to be that personal humility. Um, as as Lencioni says, humility is by far the most important. So that's not just mm-hmm. us. That's that's what this uh, you know great management guru also says. And I think that's interesting. Mm-hmm. He's saying if you want to be successful in life, it's more important than ever to be humble. And and sometimes we hear that and we think, well, I know a lot of really successful people that I don't see as very yeah. as very humble. Yeah. In fact, it almost seems like their pride is right. sort of you what what causes them to yeah. to be so successful. And I, I just 
I think it's important that we make sure to understand what humility is. Humility is to be void of ego. It's about putting others before yourself. And again, you may be thinking, okay, well, that means people are going to walk all over you. And, right. and Clay, this seems the antithesis. There, there's a, another management guru, Zig Ziglar, uh, who said this. He said, you can have everything in life you want if you will just help other people get what they want. That that is really just kind of the key to being success, hmm. and it's it's kind of the 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 Bible paradox, right? The the mm-hmm. Bible paradox is lose your life and you'll find it, and it's really the basis of our cluster model that the that as we reach out to and try and lift and buoy others, that's something that that kind of helps us succeed. I mm-hmm. I remember a podcast I did uh, with Christopher a, a while back. Uh, on on clusters and and he said he said you can know that you're humble when you are never offended right because when you're humble yeah. there's no ego to yeah, offend that's a, that's a good statement and and i just you know th- there's more than that with humility remember humility isn't weakness humility is not lack of confidence mm-hmm. Uh, humility isn't walking around thinking that other people are better than us. Humility has nothing to do with the with denying the world our talents, right? Mm. One of the writers that I really like is is C.S. Lewis, and and he said, humility isn't thinking less of ourselves; it's thinking about ourselves less. So so a humble leader isn't constantly concerned about themselves. They're constantly concerned about the goals. They're concerned about the team. They're concerned about performance. It's not about protecting their job. It's about achieving the best results. Yeah, no, that's a, that's a great statement by C.S. Lewis. Um, Smart dude. How do you gauge if someone has humility um, and help me see some practical reasons as to really why it's so important? Yeah. First I talking about why it's important. Um, to be a really good leader, uh, you have to be willing to do things you don't really want to do. Hmm. I want you to think about this. I, I ask this question sometimes to people that when they're interviewing for the job, and it honestly stumps a lot of them. Mm-hmm. I ask the question, why do you want to be a leader? And it's a, it's an interesting to, question to, sure to you've think about. a lot about. of interesting responses. Yeah, and, and yeah. yeah, I mean, mainly a lot of fumbling. Mm-hmm. And they have to kind of find their way and they say, gosh, that's a good question. I just <laughs> thought it's what you're supposed to do. You're supposed to progress. Really, there's two general answers to that that, you know, you can fall into two categories, you know, with all sorts of different variations. Mm-hmm. But but the first the first half of that answer is, well, I've worked really hard in my life and I want to be rewarded for my hard work. Mm-hmm. The second answer is a different way of looking at it, and it's a, it's a statement that I want to serve. Yeah. Now, the interesting thing is if your answer is, and it genuinely is, I want to be a leader because I want to serve, you're much more likely to do the things that a leader has to do but often doesn't want to do. Okay. If, if your uh, goal of being a leader is, is to receive a reward— you're not as likely to have the tough conversations that leaders don't want to have. You're not you're not no. as likely to want to do those things that a a leader really needs to do, you know, have the meetings that they're supposed to have and everything else. But if it's a calling, if it's an opportunity to serve and bless the lives of others, you know, going back to this concept of of humility, mm-hmm. Then you just know, okay, I don't necessarily want to have this conversation, but I need to. 
you have to be willing to say tough things to people. You have to hear tough feedback from others and and learn to process it rather than than writing it off. We mm. we've talked about this before. How the best leaders that we know um, they're really good at listening to tough feedback from others, thanking them for it, asking for more. Hey, if you think of anything else, please tell me. But a person with an ego doesn't do that. So so how do I find that in candidates? I like to ask them about those experiences. I'll say, hey, um, will you tell me a time where you, when you were chastised by a partner or, mm. or by another leader? And the way they tell me about that experience really tells me a lot yeah, that makes about sense. how they – Because sense. sometimes they'll tell me, well, somebody told me I, I was really not working very hard and this and that. But that person ended up being fired, so they were the wrong person. Right. Almost discounting that feedback, that, feedback that they right. received – as opposed to the person that says, you know what? Somebody told me I'm a really bad listener. And I made it, I took it to heart. I made a change from it. I yeah. continue to think about it when I'm interacting with people because I know it's a weakness of mine. Like that's Yeah, a, yeah. where where is sense. the truth of it? And 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 they were willing to look for that. And mm -hmm. because those that excuse it away, I just think, so did you learn nothing from that feedback right. other than, well, I was right. So, right. you yeah. know, luckily I don't actually have that as a weakness. I I just like asking people about their weaknesses to see how honest and vulnerable they're they're willing to be with me. How how genuine and real. I you know, I've already I've already quoted the Bible once. So whatever you think of the Bible, just you know I feel like it's second one's coming. Fictional like one's philosophical coming. story, whatever you want to think of it. But there is a great story in the Bible, <laughs> and there's this guy named Jesus. Hopefully, okay. legal or uh, human resources doesn't make us remove this. If you're still listening to this and you that's heard all that, then it got past that's them. That's right. We snuck it past. Okay, so there's this guy named Jesus, and he has these 12 people that are following him for three years, and and they've given up their lives to follow him. You know, whatever their jobs were that everything they've they've put into backing him and they're sitting there having a dinner near the end of Jesus's life mm -hmm. and Jesus says hey by the way one of you guys is going to betray me now if i'm one of these guys that's given up everything to follow him yeah i'm trying to imagine how i'd feel about that i probably have two ugly responses response number 1 i'm looking around going which one of you morons is going <laughs> to you know blow this <laughs> right. we've had a good thing going right. why are you blowing this right or the other thing is, I'm a little bit offended. Yeah. I'm saying, how dare you? Think that one of us would do such a thing. Yeah, or, or I've, I've given up everything for you. Yeah. How dare you? But you know what? Each one goes up to him and says, they ask the question and they say, is it I? Hmm. That tough feedback they heard, they didn't excuse it or think, gosh, that's a problem other people have. They, they looked deeply in their own lives and asked themselves, is it I? We need leaders willing to always ask, is it I? They, they don't put past themselves that they might be the issue and that they're willing to change whatever they have to in order to be better. That's kind of the principle of the uh, of uh, rinsing your cottage cheese. Whatever I have to do to be successful, right. even if it just might help, I'm willing to do it. And I just... In what I've seen, I think the best characteristic of our most successful leaders is is 
perfect humility. And again, mm-hmm. I don't think anybody is perfectly humble, but but striving for that humility, trying to be more and more humble. Now that makes sense. And and uh, luckily with with humility, um, I don't have to work on that one in <laughs> the slightest clay. Humility. Because uh, I'm really Check. extremely humble. Just exactly. Yes. Check that box. Yeah. Um, That's why I picked you for this interview. <laughs> Thank you. I figured that was why. I didn't want to <laughs> assume anything though. Um, I usually don't have to work on the next one either that I want to talk about because um, I feel like I am always hungry. Yeah. Um, what do you mean by this one? <clears throat> and uh, why is it so important? You know, this one is... I don't know, maybe the easiest of all of them to understand. I, you just need to be driven. You, you've got to have, you know, what we called it before reading this book was was grit. It's uh, work ethic. And honestly, this is one of the things that, you know, if you're raising kids, mm-hmm. I think more than worrying about how smart they are, teaching them a work grit. ethic yeah, because this is something – that is easiest to develop as a child, and it's harder to develop later mm-hmm. in life. And and I just find a strong tie between successful people and their past of willing to do really hard things to achieve their goals. I, I was interviewing uh, uh, recently a, a, a new leader candidate, and, and hopefully you're listening right now. But <laughs> you know, he talked about how he grew up on a farm, and I said, I love that. I yeah. I love people that are just. Uh, willing to do hard things. I mean, I, I heard once that a, to a farmer, the question, do you like your job is irrelevant. <laughs> I mean, think <laughs> no, about that, yeah, right? No, I mean, is, you ha- d- do I like my job? Doesn't that matter. doesn't matter. Doesn't, yeah. I, have to, I have to wake up at, you know, four in the morning yeah. and go milk the cows and, and you just have to do it. And marathoners and triathletes and cyclists, yeah. I mean, Ryan, that I know you like to do, yeah. I, they they might not like waking up early and they might not like some of the painful training that goes into it. That's true. But they're so driven to achieve that they do what it takes to achieve the goal. Yeah. Um, a couple of years ago in our annual meeting, I talked about Angela Duckworth's book, uh, Grit. And she also has developed a something called a grit scale. You can just Google Angela Duckworth and, and grit scale and and you can take this, I don't know, I think it's like a 12-question test. They found that the results of that grit score had the highest correlation with people um, getting through West Point. Wow. More than their physical fitness, more than their grades, more than anything else, it's their ability to get through tough things that um you know that 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 helps show whether or not they're going to make it. So That's impressive. If you're gritty, you're going to find a way to succeed. This this isn't about I'm not saying be a workaholic. I'm not saying you have to work really long hours right. every day. The point is not to get your value from how much you work. It's about doing it, it's about not doing the minimum, right? Do, okay. do you know what I mean by a minimalist when somebody's doing the minimum? Yeah, no, I don't if you don't mind illustrating a little bit more that would be great. So Remember in school, um, you're in a class and you raise your hand and you say, hey, teacher, is this going to be on the test? <laughs> I, see, I think I see where you're going with okay, this. Okay, do you know, why are you asking that question, right? Right, You wanted sure. to know how little you could study. <laughs> That's a great example. And still get the A. Right. Can, can, I, can I use, with Vanessa's approval, I'm going to use one more Bible example, right? Same guy named Jesus and he's, uh, the, the people are saying, hey, how do I get to heaven? And he says, hey... Just keep these two really important commandments, love God and love your neighbor. And the very next question out of their mouth is, well, who is my neighbor? <laughs> so think about what, okay, God we get. Okay, right. yeah, I got to love that person. Right. Okay, my neighbor, 
Who who don't I have to right, love? That's what you're trying How to How little out, right. can I love and still pass this test? Right. And and look, hungry people love to learn whether or not they're going to be tested on it. They aren't minimalist. They they want to achieve things, not for recognition, mm-hmm. not to get the A. They just love progress. Mm. And so a gritty person isn't a minimalist. They want to know what else can I do? So how do you really know if someone is hungry or if they have grit? How do you differentiate? Yeah, I mean, there's the grit scale that you can try. (laughs) I I honestly have, it'd be interesting. I I kind of want to have all of our leaders take the grit score and and do some analysis on it. And um, and it's, you know, it's just, you have to be honest on the test. You can obviously lie. So, uh, but, but uh, honestly, the way I try and find out about people's grit is I ask them. Hmm. I, I ask them to tell me something in their life that would prove to me that they have grit, with, that demonstrates how hungry they really are. A time when others might have quit, but they saw themselves through. And okay. if it's a tough question for them to answer, then I, then I worry. But, but, uh, you know, mm. I want to know. I mean, this yeah. this is a hard job. It's a hard yeah, industry. Yeah. I want to know that they can get over the wall and see things through through tough times. No, that makes a ton of sense. Um, so humble and hungry so okay. far. Okay. So the, the last one, smart, um, seems like the most obvious. But why don't you go ahead and talk to me about, about what we mean by smart? Y- yeah, and I, I don't know that it is. I'll tell you right now. Um, I honestly don't care where people went to school. When I look at their resumes, mm-hmm. I frankly don't even necessarily look at their GPA. I mean, unless it's incredibly low, right. you know, uh, then they <laughs> shouldn't really put it on their resume in the first right. place. Right? Then you're scratching but, your head about why they put it on the resume. Yeah, right? I, I, I think it's about emotional smarts, emotional intelligence, okay. emotional smarts, right? It, it's not so much intellectual. It's how they are at bringing out the best in others, a common sense understanding of people. I don't really care what their SAT score was. I want to know if they can figure things out. Do they learn from their mistakes? Mm-hmm. Do they are they good at at navigating the world? It's it, again, it's not an intellectual intelligence. Um, honestly, you can leave your wherever you went to school off your resume for all I care. I want to know that you can figure things out and learn from your mistakes. Yeah, that makes sense. So uh, humble, hungry, and smart. Um, yeah. Now, I know you said it's real, really important to have all three of those. Yeah, so if you don't have all three, you're not, not the gonna, ideal It's not the player. ideal candidate. Okay, right. so maybe we can talk through scenarios of people that have two um, but are lacking one of yeah, them. Yeah, so I, I'm going to copy what Lencioni does here, and and he gives some funny labels to them. I'm just going to take his labels and apply, what, you know, like, like them or not. Okay. Um, this first one I'm going to give you, he says, is the most desirable of the three. You know, if you can't have all three, look this, for this person. And he okay. said, he said, let's look at per, a person who is humble and hungry. Okay. He said, if they are humble and hungry, they have that grit, they have that drive, and right. they have that personal humility, but they aren't smart. Okay. He calls this person the accidental mess maker. Okay. Okay. Think about That's this. Right. This I'm is th- this is kind of the. This is kind of the the puppy that walks around mm-hmm. wagging their tail, knocking things <laughs> right. off the table, right. uh, you know, kind of cause, but you still love that dang puppy, right? right? It's just right. so cute and they don't know what they're doing wrong and all those other things. And they're trying so hard to please you. And we, we've hired some of these in the past where I absolutely love their humility mm-hmm. and their drive. And I thought there's no way they could fail with those two. They've got grit. And they've got personal humility. There, there's nothing else that, that they need. Right. But they just couldn't figure out what they needed to do. 
hmm. right? They, mm-hmm. they couldn't figure out the job. They're, they're good people with good intentions. Um, and, and every once in a while we have to kind of scold them, but, but they come back lovingly, you know, going yeah. back to this puppy example, they come back with a great attitude. Mm-hmm. The problem is this person that is, is humble and hungry, but not smart creates a lot of extra work for others. Um, because they just aren't able to figure it out. So you have to compensate for them. No. You have to have somebody that's that's able to figure out. So that's the accidental mess maker. Okay. I, I hope I'm not an accidental mess maker, yeah. by the way. Um, so, so what about a person? <laughs> uh, I plead the fifth. Yeah. <laughs> you better plead the fifth here on yeah. that one, Clay. Um, so, so what about a person that's humble and smart? Um, I'm going to save the person who lacks humility for last since you, yeah. since you said that's the most so, important So one. this is probably the second most ideal person, okay. the, the person that is humble and smart but not hungry is called the lovable slacker. <laughs> I love the labels. Yeah, I mean, think here. about it. The right. lovable slacker. Right. They're really good at dealing with people. Right. Right. People like them. Um, okay. You know, probably, like I say, the second most preferred in, in these less than ideal team players. They're mm-hmm. fun to be around. They're nice people, mm-hmm. but they're minimalist. Yeah. Is this going to be on the test type of people? They're, they're easy to tolerate, but... You know, 445 rolls around, yeah. they're not in the office, they're, they're, you know, not really willing to put in the time on the weekend when necessary, very capable, right? all of those things, but they just don't have that drive. And so others have to pick up for the slack of the lovable slacker. <laughs> That's a great label. Um, okay, let's finish with the last one. Um, they're hungry and driven. Um, they're also really smart but they are not humble. Um, what name does uh, Lencioni give to those So folks? think about this person. Okay. They're, they're, they're driven and okay. they're really intelligent, okay. but they have an ego <laughs> and, they're, and they're not humble, right? Okay. They're very capable of achieving, but they are all about them. Okay. He calls this person the skillful politician. <laughs> that's, a, that's another great name. Okay, all the three skillful politician. So and this this person is probably the most dangerous. Not pro- this person is the okay. most dangerous to your organization. Hmm. You know, if if I had to put myself in one of these three, I shouldn't admit this on a podcast. If I had to put myself in one of these three categories. I'm probably the lovable slacker. Uh, you said you might be the accidental <laughs> yeah, mess yeah, maker. You know, I, I, exactly. you know, we, we, we can figure all this stuff out. At least we're not the skillful politician. <laughs> At least we're not the skillful politician. That person is. No, I'm just kidding. We won't. We won't. But, but, but this person is so smart. They know how to portray themselves well. They, they know how to interview well. They know how to say the right things in meetings. They know how to get FaceTime with, with decision makers and win them over. Yeah, but right. ego comes before the good of the organization. They are so good at deflecting blame and, and pushing it off onto other people, uh, regardless of how it affects the team. It's about them. And by the time you figure this out, that somebody is a skillful politician, mm-hmm. uh, Lencioni says there's often a trail of dead bodies behind them. <laughs> That's <right>. Where it's, <laughs> all, you know, the, these very talented, but in reality, cancerous people. I mean, if you're running a facility right now, you may know of people that are just, mm. oh, they're so good at this. They're so talented, but you can tell that they are a cancer on the culture. They are gamers, and and the skillful politician can be very dangerous. Yeah, that sounds. I can. That sounds like it could be a very dangerous person. So um, so the so the you know you've got you've got the accidental mess maker, right. the lovable slacker, and the skillful, skillful politician. politician. Probably in that order of desirability. Obviously, the most desirable is, is the ideal team player. Right. So should we? 
we be going and applying these labels yeah, to, like to all the people we work with, like, like we did, and <laughs> all the people we just thought about in our heads really quickly? Yes. I, so I will be the lovable slacker <laughs> and just go slap the. No. Um, you really so so obviously in trying to figure out who you hire, this mm-hmm. is this is what you need to do. And then internally, you need to look at yourself. And here's something that I really recommend to figure out who you are. Do an honest assessment of yourself. And I would say do this with your teams. If I'm I'm a CEO of a skilled nursing facility, I'm going to pull my department head team together. Mm -hmm. And I'm going to say, okay, I'm going to talk about each of these three categories, humble, hungry, and smart. Then I'm going to ask them, everyone on the team, I want you to rank yourselves one through three. What's your strongest? Hmm. I'm really humble. I don't know how many people are going to say that. <laughs> right, right, that's going to be the right. <laughs> that one better uh, not be ranked I, first. I'm, all, all and so one, two, three. And if you're bad at all of them or good at all of them, it doesn't matter. You're still going to have a one, two, and three. Okay. Right. So so everybody has a three. Then say, okay, everyone, hmm. I want you to talk about your threes. I want you to say what your threes are and and. Because everyone's going to have a three and then right. say, what advice right. can we give? Okay, well, my my weakness is I don't necessarily have the hunger that I should. And okay, well, maybe next time, you know, 450 rolls around, maybe go Stay. around to the team and, and ask, hey, what, what can I do to help you guys? Yeah. What are you working on? Or give counsel to each other. Mm. Hey, I have an ego. You know, which obviously takes a lot of humility to say, but, but saying, look, I have an ego. I have a hard time taking tough feedback and, and everybody sort of becomes a coach. You open up with each other, uh, you know, the slacker, the politician, the mess maker, everyone can help them improve because everyone has a three and everyone can be voted. Does that practice make sense? No, it does. It is like, it really, um, essentially you're turning your team into coaches and everyone's able to coach each other. Like you just said, I mean, that that makes a ton of sense. Because again, nobody's saying, well, I'm great on all three. So everybody has a three. Got to have a one, two and and a three. Everyone, that's great. Look, we want everyone to become more humble, hungry, and smart. Uh, those three things I think will tie. And, and if you come and interview to be a, a an administrator with the organization, I do. I score you in those, in those three <clears> things, <throat> in those three one things. to 10. And, and then I add in ownership. Um, I want to know, you know, my assessment of you in those areas because I just think they're essential to being a successful leader. Well, that makes a ton of sense, Clay. Thank you. This has been really great advice. And I definitely have some, again, from one of our podcasts, some stuff I know I'm going to be taking away and, and trying out with, with some with some of my team. So thank you again Good. very much for the time. Yeah, I appreciate thank it. Thank you. All right.